<laughs> All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to what are we now? Episode twenty of the ETI podcast. Yeah. Today we have the man behind the kit, Mr. Herb <laughs> Bennett. You may know him from Abyssus, Wrath of Fenra, uh, Doom Cave, Woe Warden, and Nucleus. In other words, the entire Perth metal scene. <laughs> the <laughs> other half that yeah. Granger's not doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's also a tattooist by day. Right. Drummer by night. Yes. So welcome, mate. Cheers for taking some time out to come and talk some shit with us. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Gene was quite excited about yeah. this because uh, Gene's a drummer. <laughs> and we <laughs> Used to be a drummer. We haven't had a drummer on, on yet. We've had, what, a vocalist and guitarist because Jane yeah. played um, guitar too at one stage and then vocalist and bass player. Oh, yeah. Okay. So first finally for a drummer. And then first for you the, just back, the back row. <laughs> you just never meet drummers around at all. Everyone's a guitarist. Like everywhere you go. Well, that's you what I hear, but I'm the drummer, so yeah. <laughs> it doesn't apply to me because I'm like, yeah. that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why you're in five bands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually, we'll get into that in a minute, but to start with, we'll ask, as we ask everyone, what got you into music in the first place? What what brought you to the bit playing drums? I don't know. It's a tough question. I got my first drum kit when I was 12, like yep. in between school, sort of primary school and high school break type thing, and just took a natural sort of liking to it. My dad's always listened to the old rock sort of ACDC, Deep Purple, yep. that type of stuff. And I suppose maybe having that around as a kid um, sort of sparked something. But yeah, yeah I, there was no specific real point where I decided I wanted to do it. Just kind of... Just played, happened naturally. Yeah, kind of played around with the drum kit and, and kept doing it for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's always good. What got you into metal? Um, well, my mum used to listen to like hard rock, sort of Nickelback, Incubus type of thing. And hard like, rock. I know we're not allowed <laughs> to say those words on, on this type of show, but <laughs> nah, it's all good. Um, and yeah, I guess that's just the natural progression thing. My first album was a corn record. So you're on the other side, um, wow. and followed by a Slipknot album and then kind of went the natural path of, uh, so Lamb of God. Which album was that then? Uh, Subliminal Verses. How old are you? I'm 27. Explains it. Yes. So right. that was the time that they yeah, came we, out. Yeah, because we've talked yep. about this before where like Slipknot for us was a self-titled. Yeah. Yeah. And just like Corn was a self-titled, but we're old cunts now anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah. And then I went backtracked and got yeah. into all those as well. Yeah. Sweet. Jeez. Fucking bit of Lamb of God too, you were saying. Yeah. What do you think of the new Lamb of God? I didn't mind the last album actually. I thought that was better than like the last couple before that. Yeah. But they kind of just not really... Pushing a lot of boundary, like yeah. the clean vocals was like you know not for everyone, but at least it was something different. Yep. Like a respect that they're not just putting the same album out over and over again. Well, guitar wise, they are really putting the same yeah. album out over and over again. True, but yeah, maybe they're just getting old. Yeah, changes the music. Old, Everyone's yeah. perspective changes, motivation changes, inspiration changes. So, did um, talk about inspiration? Did you have any inspirational uh, artists that you looked up to? Um. I'm sure I did. I'm just bad at remembering these things. <laughs> <laughs> we always, I, I always liked Joey Jordanson as a teenager growing up. Like having, yep. like I said, the Slipknot being one of my first albums that um, always got into that. And just like, I don't know, I never really had like a super, super idol. Mm. I sort of like kind of went towards the more like drum guys like Thomas Lang and Dave Weckl and all the like. Beautiful. I was actually just going to say, do you you have a favourite drummer or do you know of other drummers than metal drummers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably know more other drummers than metal metal drummers. drummers. Yeah, Yeah, cool. cool. Because I sort of get right into all the Marco Miniman and Virgil Donati and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Seen him twice. Crazy. So this is all Chinese to me. I wouldn't have a clue who any of these people are. 
Um, a lot of them are just independents. Yeah. Yep. They'll, they'll play what they get paid to play for and write who they need to write for. So. Fair enough. Do everything, um, basically. As whereas everyone knows Lars Ulrich. Unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, and <laughs> my opinion of that is like, we'll get over it. He's old. He's obsolete. But then everyone also knows Joey Jordison. Mm. Um, and for those who aren't, like, they're, they're, they're two big names. That, like, even the average person would know those names most likely. Yep. But then you look at Lamb of God, not too many people know who Chris Adler is. You know what and I mean? And he's not even with Lamb of God anymore. No, no, no. But like and I wouldn't have a clue of the name of the new bloke. For the longest period, he was their drummer. Mm. And he's an incredible drummer as well. But not too many people know that. Yeah. So everyone would just think the big, big band names, like the stadium bands. Um, and then they just... Like you mentioned Thomas Lang to some people, and I'm yeah. like, who's that? It's like, well, he's the yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger of drums. It's ridiculous. He's from Austria. <laughs> he oh, was okay. a tank in his younger day, and he's fucking insanely talented, limb independence, doing one thing with one foot and doing another thing. He's just crazy, crazy, mm. crazy, crazy. Do you know Greg Collins? Heard of Greg Collins? No. Aussie bloke. I don't think so. No, nah, he had this massive kit, and he just had, like, pedals yeah, all around Yeah, yeah, him. like the Thomas um, Lang spec. Greg Greg or Grant Collins, I can't quite remember. He's an Aussie bloke and he was in like um, magazines and on, he was on Pearl Drums for a long time. Yep, yep, yep. And he's um, like, you know, Mike Bought and all those massive kids. Yeah, yeah, like yep. bigger. Like yeah, huge, just absolutely massive. huge. Not not Terry Bozio big, but not quite. not quite. But he just had so much kit and so many different hi-hats and um, like he mm, just pedals linked up to fucking random shit. So. And it's always interesting to watch drummers with massive kits and yeah. I find, see how much of it they actually use. Yeah, exactly. Some of them like... What's a good example? Like Mangini's good. Yeah, he'll sort of he gets play around. around. Yeah, he was yeah. my first um first drum clinic I ever watched, and didn't yeah, right. have no clue who he was, and didn't know what he did and got into. But it was uh, probably fourteen or something at the time, and yeah, went along and um yeah, just blew my mind, sort of thing. Jeez. Um, went and met him afterwards, but yeah, he's a good example. Like I was saying, of like someone that actually uses all the little bits and pieces. Sometimes yeah. you see if he's got it there, he's going to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you see people that have these massive kits, and not saying that the guy you were talking about, but. I think people got into the massive kits because of Neil Peart, though. Yeah. Because he had a massive from Rush. He had that massive kit, but he used fucking everything on it. Yeah, but it looks cool on stage, too. Just it like does. From a guitarist point of view, Especially you only need a little cabinet and your head or even a combo, but yeah. it looks better if you got fucking two stacks behind you. It's like all those metal drummers that have two drum kit. They have two bass drums, but then they're using a slave pedal, <laughs> like a, a yeah, double yeah. pedal. Just you know what I mean? Just, or, yeah. the, or in the guitar terms, the four cabs with one of them one actually, actually playing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. So how how do you manage to balance being in five bands? Because, I mean, I remember back when me and Jane used to play, just keeping one band together was fucking hard enough and getting enough people in that were actually dedicated and put mm. the time into it. How do you manage to do five bands? Um, well, like, personally, I've, last year was mostly Eviscerous and Wrath stuff. Yep. Um, so I kind of just had the two to focus on then. We were doing the old Doom Cave Jam here and there, just slowly kind of putting it together and sort of learning all the songs, getting up to scratch. Um, and then when I got asked to fill in for the Woe Warden stuff and the Doom Cave stuff was coming closer to actually playing, um, I kind of was like, oh, maybe we should have a little bit of a break with the other two just for a month or two and yep. sort of so I can focus on that a little bit more. And just while I'm learning them initially, I think it's all right. Once you've like got it all down, you've had some jams, it comes back pretty quick yep. for me anyway. Um, yeah, so I don't know, just... Like some muscle memory, lots of practice. <laughs> so there's a lot of on-off stuff. Yeah, like you're not consistently doing one band and yeah. then trying to handle the other four. Yeah, I don't. I don't like do Monday Wrath and Tuesday yeah. Viscerous and Wednesday. Like, well, you I know. suppose it works out ideal as well. You know, obviously with you and Jesse being in both a Viscerous Wrath and now Doom Cave, yeah. and then yeah. obviously Aiden in Doom Cave and Wrath. So yeah, yeah. There's it must a bit work of out ideal with all that. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you could pick one shit going on, I suppose. If you could pick one, don't make me say that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't answer that question. (laughs) Poor bloke would go and get sacked Uh, from the other four, (laughs) (laughs) and then the other ones won't win him either. Yeah, yeah, fucking traitor. I'll go 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 join Gojira or something. Imagine pick one. (laughs) Ah, fair enough. Um, Equipment, man. So, what was the first kit you got? First kit was a Tama Swing Star. You're a lucky fella. Yeah, I was fairly lucky to have that as a first kit. yeah, it started out as just the regular, like, 10, 12, 16, 22, and then me being all keen and, and my uh, poor family supporting my habit, it grew to <laughs> an 8-inch Tom and then a 13 and then an 18 and then a second kick, and then it's just this massive, like, you know, we were talking about before, like, us drummers have yeah, a bit yeah. of an addiction with building <laughs> up giant kits. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, I think probably, like, three years after having that, I would have um, went to the old Billy Hyde, Mm. Drum shop, and um, they had one of their doorbuster sales on. And I picked up a nice Pearl Masters kit, yeah. which was just again the sort of standard five piece type thing. And and was realized that just like a show, yeah, show yeah. pack. Yeah, got it for like half price, which was good deal. Had to camp out from like three in the morning. Yeah, back good then fun. that would have been a brilliant deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was great. How still got ago? it now. Oh, you still got? I was actually yeah. going to say, do you keep your old kits or do you sell them as you get? I sold the Tama, sold yeah. the original, um, just because I didn't really need two kits at the time. But since then, I've got a couple more and i've still got the three sort of acoustic kits that yeah. the pearl doesn't come out much but occasionally i do silly things like going and setting up out in the bush and stuff so that's perfect so for it's that. a bush kit yeah yeah <laughs> it's my bush kit where we can yeah. uh disturb the cows of the local fields and yeah, whatever yeah. else yeah geez <laughs> so what are you playing predominantly now um oh, it goes i've got a dw collectors yeah and the time of Binga. it kind of goes between the two jeez. Um, most of the time I won't bring the Babinga out for gigs because it's like, I don't want it to get fucking wet and ruined. Well, you often lend your kit to the rest of the bands as well, don't you? Depends, yeah. a few gigs, there's always the Eviscerous logo on there. Yeah, I'm quite happy to bring mine out and and then I'm comfortable and everyone else gets to play a nice kit and everyone enjoys it. (laughs) Some, some gigs we've been to, um, and I get why people take trash kits to gigs because they just get sort of tossed around and there's not enough space and everything for everyone to have all their gear there. But you see some bands, um... And you look at their Instagrams and that's the only kit that person has. And mm. it's just like a an old, like back when Dixon was a basic budget drum kit. Yep, yep. So it's actually nice to go to a gig where everyone's playing generally nice guitars and nice basses and all that sort of shit and actually see a nice kit yeah. up on stage. I appreciate that. You don't. Because you're like, fuck's that? It is. Then it oh doesn't, yeah, I can't see from here to the stage like anyway. Cause yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> so good. So in terms of size now, you've got a pretty modest kit anyway, don't you? You don't have a huge kit on stage. Yeah, it varies a bit depending on what I'm doing. Like, I think you should be able to play anything on, like, hat, ride, two crashes, and a china if you yeah, need You have to. two hats, don't you? You have the one on the left and the one in front of you. I did last night for the yep. probably the first time I think ever I've brought the double hat sort of thing going. Um, just... Because there's like blasts and shit, it's a lot yep. easier to have that hand over there, hit the accents. I can hit different rather than having to right. like Cross shoot out over. for that yeah. crash, shoot yeah. out for that one. And That's the only thing I would have added. And I always wanted was an auxiliary hi-hat. Yeah. Because yep. I used to have the hi-hat two crashes, a china and a ride. Yep, yep. And I always wanted just that secondary hat. It's and never it's too late, mate. Why don't you let this bloke talk <laughs> into buying a drum kit? Yeah, I think I'm already talked into it. i just got to get the money. I've been trying now. to convince yeah, him to do buy a drum yeah. kit again for so fucking long. I've actually yeah, been looking on the market. <laughs> I'm thinking um, because it's, I don't want to get spend the money on a Babinga or a, yeah, a collector's yeah, straight cheap. away. But I'm thinking for a bang for my buck, I'm thinking about getting a PDP Concept Maple, yeah, like yep, a seven-piece yep, yep. 
shelf set, which is like under two grand normally. And yeah. then you've got the options as well, like with the yeah, seven yeah. pieces. Like my Babinga's got a 14, 16 floor. I yeah. barely ever use the 14, but yeah. it's nice to have the option. Yeah, yeah. And the same with the collectors. I got an eight and an 18. But yeah. again, I don't really go that high or low most of the time. Yeah. But so it's nice. just, and that, that, that's the reason I'm, I wouldn't probably use three up, two down. It's yeah. more two up, one down or something. But yeah, yeah. there's the option of three different times and two different floor times for whatever I'm playing. Yeah. So I always thought it was good, like with you in particular, you always had it not a huge drum kit. No. And you could make the same thing work as like someone had like a Joe Jordan set up with all the fucking shit everywhere. Yeah. But um, what, what kind of symbols are you playing? Are Ooh. you a, a certain hey. brand hey. of symbols yes, or yes. you mix and match? I do. I tell, play, us, I tell, play, us, tell us a story. Well, I play Soul Tones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they endorsed me um, since oh, for a bit over a year now. I think it was December, like the last year, not just gone. Yep. Um, and yeah, they're great. Love playing them. Sound good. They've lasted long. They're probably last. Are they from the Australian or are they? Oh. They're American. Um, yep. Symbols come from Turkey, and yeah, the the sort of workshop and all the oh, all staff are in America. Oh, congrats um, on that, man. That's fucking good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're good. They haven't broken, which is surprising because I tend to go through symbols far too quick normally. Yeah. What were you playing before that? Um, mix and match. Like yeah, okay. I, I always loved the old Sabian crashes. Yeah. Um, can't really go wrong with an AAX or something, explosion. Yeah. Um, had my sort of Zildjian ride and hats normally I gravitated towards because like the big Mega Bell. Um, Soltone were great. They sorted me one of them out as well. Okay. Um, with the big heavy fucking bell on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, How'd you fall into that deal? Just saw a Facebook ad and they were like looking for artists to endorse. If you're interested, send a video through of your drumming yeah. and um, we'll sort of assess it and see what goes and oh, brilliant. Yeah, just kind of did it as like oh right, whatever bit like bit who of an knows audition. yeah 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 and then got the got the email back a few days later and was like oh that's nice that's <laughs> cool no that's real cool when i was doing some googling around i um saw that you were using sultan i looked them up yeah um because i remember years ago they came out and they were kind of i always just thought they were a bit of a budget mm. like secondary to like the zildjian um sabian mine and all that sort of stuff i thought yep. they were just going to be a offshoot of something um, but they're their own company. And yeah. they've, got, they've got some big name independents and bands and stuff on there as well. So yeah. it's good to hear. Yeah, I think they're just growing and stuff as well with yeah. the moment. I think that's why they're sort of putting out the, the ads to try and just build up their roster and sort of show off their symbols. And yeah, yeah they're quite sort of distinctive in sound too, like slightly different um, than what I played. And it took like a little bit of getting used to. But now that I know what I'm sort of hitting and the sounds I'm getting out of it, that yeah, I really enjoy playing them. Oh, that's cool. Has there been anyone that's borrowed your kit during a gig that's went, fuck, man, what are them symbols? I've got to get some? Uh, Lukey Spectre from Bayview. Yeah. Um, he, we played shows with him a fair bit. Like, obviously, Christian Big and Abyssus. and both, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, he's he's sent them off the offer, got the same thing, and just, I believe, he's saving at the moment to get himself a nice full set and oh, sweet. join the crew. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you were quite a fan of his drumming, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's good. Uh, guy actually sent me a, a Facebook or an Instagram old mate from Bayview doing his practice. Yeah, guy was fucking stunned by it. I'm like, oh, well, you've never met Derek Roddy, he broke? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's good. His drumming's pretty. It's on point. He's tight. His feet are crazy. Yeah, particularly. Yeah, yeah. They're just like independent fucking sledges hitting that drum. Yeah, so good. And uh, he's got great control over it as well, which sometimes, like, you know, the feet can get a little bit sloppy or messy. And yeah. Yeah. I know it's that's something I struggle with from time to time. Yeah. Do you guys ever, like, critique each other? Like, oh, good gig tonight, mate, but you're a bit fucking 
Yeah, all the time. I told him to smile last time we played a gig. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, after that, there's a big... I think it's his profile picture on Facebook now where he's chucking a big smile at the camera and saying, that was my doing. Take I think credit. The last time we would have seen you play would have been... Reckon back. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fucking that was weird... A that was a night. hectic night. So our big mate, Guy, our big Kiwi friend, the burger freak, he comes along and we're just drinking... Single shot Jack Daniels or whatever we drink. Make no, but we'd we'd start earlier because we'd shot an episode that day where we were trying like there was this um, oh. Jack Daniels fucking sampler pack yeah. that you get from Costco. So we're like, oh, for an episode we'll just try all these different fucking whiskies. So and we should have put them in the freezer because some of them tasted shit house. Yeah, but we get to the get to the gig and we're just drinking like a regular drink. I think it was Maker's Mark. Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. But it wasn't double shots. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, anything yeah. fancy. And then guy gets there instantly, fireball. <laughs> yeah, and, no, then, he was, he and then he was ordering doubles all night. Yeah, so he started. Bowl. He got in. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, bro, I need to catch up." So he's ordered six drinks between the three of us: two <laughs> each of double shot uh, whiskeys and a shot of Fireball. He even bought that young fella. Yeah, the barman. The barmaid yeah, a, okay. a shot Bar as well. Tender. It wasn't a maid, mate. And I mean, by the time we got home, me and you would have been drinking for twelve hours straight. Yep, it was. It got hectic too quick. It was a good night though. It's a fucking good night. I That's a good venue there. It yeah. was, yeah. I think we're hoping to try and book it for like the Wrath of Fenrir launch. We've got an EP coming up sometime oh, soon. Sweet. And yeah, it'll be a great one to just like set up some props and yeah, turn yeah. everyone into Vikings for a night. It's got the good atmosphere. Like yeah. everything, the stage and when you look up, it's all decorated. And the shit. whole multi sort of layer. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah decorations yeah. would look perfect in my lounge room. Yeah. They go down well. This guy over here. But... um. Yeah, it's so. Do you find it easier as well, being that you do share bands with other blokes? Obviously, like say you might say, "All right, we're jamming on whatever day," so you organise two or three band jams in the same day, or does that wear you? Does not really. Like, I would be happy if we say we had like a double gig where it was Wrath and Doomcave or something. Yeah, um, I'd be happy to run the sets back to back and just sub in the sort of auxiliary members from each yep. one. But it doesn't really fall that much. We normally just sort of jam if we're trying to, like, you know, write a song or getting ready for a gig or there's sort of some purpose to it. So there's not really the greatest need to do that. Sometimes we'll do back-to-back days, which yep. is great because I can go and just set my kit up one day, leave it overnight at the studio and then, you know, just rock in and play the next. Yep. And half as much lugging in and out of cars is always good for a drummer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Where do, you, where do you do all the rehearsals at? Pretty much exclusively Vision. Yeah. They're, like, Hen House is good as well. I've, I've jammed there a few times, but they're a little bit far for me. Is and Vision the one in Vic Park? It is. Where you've had yeah. a, a gig there? Who yeah, that? I do gigs as well. I think that was the first time I saw Eviscerous play. Okay. And um, when you had your old singer. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which I'm glad you got the new bloke. Because, yes. like I said to Jesse <laughs> after the gig, I was like, you guys were tight as fuck, but that but vocalist that doesn't suit what's no. going on. He's a rapper, and yeah. it was kind of just, we were a little bit desperate. We hadn't had a vocalist in so long. We had all this music. We wanted to play gigs. We wanted to do something, and he was like, I'll give it a go. So yep. we got him in and tried to sort of trade him up and stuff, and then in the end, he just ended up sort of clashing with Christian a little bit and yep. sort of left. I don't know whether it was on his own terms or he got kicked out or whatever. I try to stay out of all the band yeah. politics, but, yeah. As drummers do. A lot more generally. happy with Cody. <laughs> oh, Cody's awesome, and yep. his vocal range too, like, because I, I was told a few times, you got to check out Cody's site. Like, because the issue with me getting the gigs is when I have the kids, I can't get a gig. Like, yep. when I was saying to Jane the other week, we want to check out all this filth. Because I've seen them years ago. Yep, yep. But every time they play, they're playing on the same night I've got the kids. Yeah. It happens every fucking time. Oh, it's magical, isn't and, it? And um, <laughs> so when I finally got down to an Eviscerous gig, 
and saw Cody for the first time. I was like, fuck, he's the bloke for you guys. Yeah, yeah. It was funny actually how I met Cody. Um, I obviously work up in Kalamunda at the tattoo shop. Yeah. Uh, often go over to the subway to get me lunch. And he lives up in Les Murdy, so he went into the subway. Obviously, no idea who he was, and he was like, "I was wearing like a Whitechapel shirt." He's like, "Oh, cool shirt, man." I was like, "Oh, thanks, dude." Um, and that was—it was literally two days after Sam left or got kicked out or whatever happened there. Yep. And I was like, "Do you play any instruments or anything?" Just sort of spark it up conversation. And he's like, "Oh, a little bit of guitar, and I like doing vocals and stuff." I'm like, "Oh." Do you want to be in a band? <laughs> for a vocalist. Yeah, and I was like, we we I'm in a band, and and uh, we lost our vocals a couple of days ago, and yeah. it was like, oh yeah yeah yeah, like super keen, super happy, Fucking perfect and time to be yeah. a subway, mate. It's it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, always look back at that and think, yeah, what if I didn't have lunch at that time that day? Yeah. So yeah. you're talking about working in uh, Kalamunda. What's the name of the shop you work at? Celtic Circle Tattoo Company. If anyone's tattoo, let's see this man. Where's Kalamunda from here? I'm shit. Hill. Yeah, no, the up. hills area. Um, so just up past Calamunda Road, heading up to mine. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah follow that all the way up to the top in here. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Have you been? Ta- how long have you been tattooing for? Uh, eight years now. Been tattooing. Did my apprenticeship there. Worked there the whole time and yeah. love it. It's a nice like little shop, yeah. Um, yeah. which I think is great because it's nice and cozy and you know it's just me and the boss. We split the hours, so it's, it's like uh, I often get people coming in and complaining, and not that it's a bad thing, but it's just a personal taste, but. I don't really like going in and getting tattooed where there's six artists in the same room. Everyone's yeah. working. The artists mm. are talking to each other and the, the customer might be getting ignored. Or like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know you mean. know what I mean. It's just like... I've seen that in shops before and even worse, um, one particular shop that I'm not going to mention, sitting in there and one tattoo artist had an issue with the other one. So they have rather than just... Not so much fighting, but just picking at each other while yeah. they're trying to do the tattoo. It's like, mate, shut the fuck up and yeah, tattoo. Focus yeah. on what you're doing. But instead, they're sort of back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. when I got yeah. this static X on the back of my leg in free, I won't say who it was, but that was similar. Um, you walk in and it's just an open space. Yeah. And there's maybe, I think, three or four either side um, of the room and everyone's just tattooing. But then you've got, like, everyone's clients seeing each other. Yeah. Um, and there was... Um, I didn't have an issue with it. There was some banter going on between the staff and a couple of the people that were in there getting tattooed um, didn't look happy, like, yeah. at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. That's what you know I mean, what I mean? Like, like, when I went in there, I laid down, and everyone's, like, cool, everyone's joking around, everyone's having a chat, and some people just tightened up, fucking had a pissed-off look on their face, and then mm. they just, when they were done, they left, that was it, see you later. Yeah. Um, so that atmosphere is not for everyone. Yeah, so. that's what I mean. Some people, fine, they don't mind being in the room, having a chat and that, but other people, they might be really nervous, might be the first tattoo, they mm. might just want to sort of go in and have a personalised experience yep. and just, you know, not have to worry about other people maybe looking at them if they're in pain or they, they freak themselves out or they, they yep. go all ghosty and pass out which happens from time to time like you don't <laughs> yeah. really want six other people that are covered in tattoos seeing that and you know it, it's just yeah i think it's more comfortable so what got you into tattooing was it just the love of tattoos <laughs> no yeah um i just i guess i've always done art yep. when i was a kid and stuff I used to mum used to drag me along to church she used to sit there and draw my Yu-Gi-Oh cards or whatever sort yep. of artwork i could copy at the time um and yeah just um didn't really know what else I wanted to do, really, and yep. then thought that maybe tattooing would be a good way that I could do art um, as a job and make money from make it, money yeah, from where it's too, not yeah. like something like painting where you're painting all the time and trying to sell them off. Yep. And it's 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 still a little bit like that because you got to get all the jobs in. If you don't get jobs, you don't get paid. Yep. Um, 
but yeah, it's 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 nice now that I've built up a little bit of a client base. I That's feel pretty good. comfortable where I'm at at the moment, nice and busy. So yep. yeah, it's good. And what age did you get your first tattoo? Uh, I got stabbed by my mate when I was 17. Yep. Um, couple with little ones on my ba- legs. Backyard job, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, then started doing it myself when I was 17, turned 18. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how I got into it because I went to ask my boss now, Plugger, yep. um, about whether he'd be interested in taking someone on. He's like, oh, no, nah, there's um, it's only a small little shop. He was the only one working there yep. at the time. And he said, maybe go do some study of art and build up a bit of a portfolio and yep. go around, ask around some shops and like what you'd sort of get the normal advice and after so I did I went to TAFE did some visual art didn't yep. pass it <laughs> did the did the drawing and the painting part of it which is what interested me and just ignored yep. the rest basically I've always been a little bit like that um, <laughs> but went and got uh, tattooed from him a few times after that started working on my arm and he kept seeing these little ones popping up on my legs yep and he's like are you uh, are you doing those at home I am and I was like oh <laughs> I might be yeah yeah <laughs> I was like messing around, you know, having some fun. He's like, oh, well, would you be interested in maybe trying out a, a job here? And if you stop messing around at home and stop doing that silly shit, I was fucking, fuck yeah, jumped was on it. Was it like an eBay kit or something, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the I've still actually got one of the machines I used to use, um, which um, is fine. I just sort of tuned it up. I think I might have swapped out a couple of the, like, the springs and that sort of thing. Yep. But it's... It, if you know how to use it, it's it still works. That's my backup shader. Yep. But um, yeah, got a nice rotary now, which is a little more gentle. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have a chat about some tattoos after we finish this because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm keen to get some more work done. Yeah, I like doing oh, yeah. work. No, it's well, you got to pay for those drum heads and drumsticks that other people steal anyway. It's not you? cheap. <laughs> <laughs> not looking at you, bro. Not looking at anyone. Fucking people. Um, just back on music. Are you um, are you an educated drummer or you a self taught drummer? Did you go to lessons um, and get taught? Can you read music? Can you write it? Do you know all your rudiments and all that sort of stuff? I did a few lessons when I was early on in my drumming. Um, I would say like 90% self-taught though. Yeah. Most of like my sort of teenage was just like listening to records and trying to learn the drums, play along and just, just practice the same songs over yeah. and over again and that sort of thing. So I think that's sort of what taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, I then later on kind of learnt how to – I can't, like, sight read, but I can sort of sit there and work out what something is if it's, like, written down. Um, do know how to roughly write it. And I know, like, note values and, and basically stuff you'd need if you were to sort of sit in there and MIDI program drums or so, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, learnt, like, the majority of the rudiments and kind of slacked off on that a little bit lately and – just sort of stick to the ones that are more applicable to what I'm actually playing. But I, I do think it's nice to have that sort of knowledge base and just help you sort of come up with more creative ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just out of the generic sort of fill things that you hear everywhere and yeah. get a bit of a unique sound for yourself. Ah, cool. Um, but, yeah, definitely wouldn't say I'm, like, highly educated or anything. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I never learnt – I actually didn't even want to learn rudiments. Yeah, I was playing drums because I've never really taken it probably serious enough. I don't think. But yeah, I mean, like a, like a guitarist, they always have to know scales. Everything. Yeah, I don't know any scales. I've been a guitarist. I've always had this argument with other guitarists. I'll be like, "All right, I wrote this riff. Check it out." And then I'm doing this, and they're like, "You can't do that, man." <laughs> so what do you mean? Oh yeah. no, because you're mixing this scale with this fucking chromatic scale over here, and they don't match. It's like, 
does it fucking sound good? Yeah. Does it oh, work? Oh, yeah, 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 but yeah. you're not meant to. I don't give a fuck if you're not meant to. Does it sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we'll keep it. Oh, okay. Listen to some Dream Theater. Fuck. I was going to say, listen to any jazz or any of that sort yeah, of shit. Yeah. They're breaking the rules all the time. Yeah. I, just, I, I figure, who cares if it's meant to be or not? If it sounds good and it's enjoyable to play. That's it. Go for it. Yeah, know, it doesn't like necessarily cares. sound good. Maybe that's the tech, the flavor, the texture mm. you want. You want something quirky and off. And yeah. like I personally enjoy the more sort of obscure type things and things that don't quite sound right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all choices, isn't it? Well, you were saying before about Gojira. Yeah. So you like their sort of yeah, random of off-time bands. bits here and there that they do. Yeah. Um, them and like Between the Buried and Me is another one of my favorites. Yeah. Animals as leaders and just all the weird shit. Yeah, Animals as leaders is out there. I like as me. I I can't compute what they're doing with all this. Like that's not me. I'm I'm straightforward. Just yeah. playing basic riffs. Um, but some of that technical shit. It's like sounds good, but I can never imagine myself playing that. I don't think I'd get my head around it. Yeah, it, it's a lot to take. Like yeah. I certainly can't play the shit that Matt Gasker's playing. <laughs> but that I think that's why it interests me, you know, because it's so like it's it's a unique sound. And they're doing different stuff, and he's just always like pushing pushing what's sort of possible yep. um, in his own sort of realm. And like that's like the other guys I was talking about before, they're all sort of down different avenues doing all crazy sort of shit like Virgil's one of the sort of weirder ones that goes out there. But, but you know, it's just like blows me away to watch guys like that doing stuff that yep. other people haven't really explored. Yeah. And that's a hard thing as well. Like a lot of the music these days, you could write a riff. It's like, oh, you copied this band. It's like, no, I wrote that. But yep. obviously another 20 bands have written their riff because – there's no other riffs to write. Yeah, They're all yeah, yeah. fucking done. It's like the old um, Machine Head and, and Strapping Young Lad where it's yeah. like the same down, riff. Down, down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Say that one. You would have heard about that where you they pretty you much were, ripped off love. You were telling me about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. Um, so you're ex-member of Dead Space. Yes. Um, you went on tour with them, didn't you? Yeah, we've done a little bit here and there. So whereabouts did you go? Um, well, the first show I actually ever played with them back in like 2016, I believe, um, was a festival called Blacken in Alice Springs. Have yep. you heard of that at all? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Have you been? No, unfortunately not. With three kids, it's a bit yeah, hard to just yeah. pick up. And Tricky go. to get a whole weekend yeah, away. It was much. good. It's good fun though. We played it twice. Um, yep. And that was like, because obviously I'd never done any traveling or like any traveling outside of music either. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just going out to Alice Springs and playing this random show for all these people that I've never met before and <laughs> massive big pirate ship stage and shit yep. was just way out there. But I was like, yeah, this is cool. And then after that, went to Melbourne. Um, we have done a few runs around Australia. We did one where we sort of headlined. Yep. Um, I think played eight shows or something. Um, then we did the Satyricon run as well, yep. um, supporting them, which was awesome. We brought um, Ian, the old uh, amplifier mixer with us yeah and he just made us sound wicked the whole tour that was like a, a good insight into seeing how much like having extra sort of crew members can yep. improve the overall sort of band and show um we've been to japan uh, dead space went twice i only went on one of them was that when um was that when nish was in the band yeah the first one was yep. oh Second one? No, Nish wasn't playing on, on the second time when I actually went. So I remember, I don't know how long ago it was, but I remember seeing some random video. It was one of your film clips. Yeah. And you were all travelling around and he was there. And I was like, oh, I didn't realise he was in the band at, at one stage yep. until I looked you up on fucking Metal Encyclopedia or whatever it, it is. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought I'd hit you up about the touring. Like, just 
because I mean we've never been on tour. We're we're pretty useless in that sense. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't even get out of Northern at some stage because every time we'd organise a gig, someone would quit. Yeah, right. Yeah, it yeah. yeah. Like, makes it tricky, doesn't it? It's the problem <laughs> having a yeah. having a band in a small town. Is um if someone leaves and you haven't got Perth to try and pluck someone out of mm, quickly, yeah. you don't know other bands that someone can quickly cover. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that was the hardest part was you'd get five of us or four of us, however many at the time, ready, and then someone's like. No, see yeah, too, too much. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's the big thing about touring is like you need to have guys that are committed, willing to have the time free. Yeah, being able to take a week off work time or whatever the money behind them, the money else, as well. Yeah. That's the other thing, and just like the the right attitude and motivation about it. Yeah. Like you don't want people that are kind of coming tagging along and then just halfway through they're sort of just not into it anymore. Yeah. Like I, I think most people that go on tour would enjoy the sort of experience of it. And You'd like to think so, yeah. Yeah, you know, take it for what it's worth and like to get to play music to people who've never heard well, how it. how did you find Japan? Because it's totally different culture over there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was it a culture shock for you or you sort of well pretty I'd cruising? Yeah, I, it was pretty cruisy. I, I really enjoyed it over there. It's like very laid back and obviously there's lots of people everywhere but they yep. kind of just do their own little thing and go about and like... The thing with touring, it's kind of you you fly in, you you land, you get lunch, you go to your hotel, and then you go get to the show like four hours early or something, get yep. set up, wait around, grab some dinner, play a show, pack up, go to a hotel room. You don't really get to see the places that you go yep. a lot unless you have a day or two off, which I think we had two days off in Japan and sort of explored around Tokyo for one of them a little bit, but you don't get a, a lot of the vibe of the place really you just kind of going about your business kind and getting stuff and done yeah 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 and you're spending a lot of time in the venue and and just sitting around <laughs> and <laughs> what's it like in the way of obviously you'd hire backline or whatever yeah but do you still take your own snare your own symbols or you just sort all that out while you're there yeah i normally um bring my own snare symbols kicks and samples yep um because that's apparently my job i've got the most stuff to do already <laughs> but i gotta bring them along as well um, but no, ever, like it, it works out all right. Like with the extra luggage and shit, you can get um, APRA and they let you sort of take all that shit without having to pay fucking hundred bucks a That's extra quite. piece or something, which, yep, you geez. know, would make it a lot harder. Um, and if you've got like, you know, a, a dedicated vocalist, like not a guitar vocal combo or something, yep. he can take some of your shit. And um, obviously having Chris as well, being a drummer and toured before and stuff, he's, yep. uh, he was knew exactly how to do it and sort of gave me all the right tips to get going. So is there any plan? Like, is Dead Soul still going, or so I was going to ask, is there what's the future? Because y- you've seen them, haven't you? Um, at one stage, yeah. Every time I went to a gig, you guys were playing. Yeah, yeah. You were yeah. pretty hardcore. For you a always long time used there. to bash on about it. I'm I'm late to the metal scene in Perth, yeah, so, so I, I never you, got you to see. Come it. check out Dead Space, but you never did. Yeah. Missed your chance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking <laughs> no, I think missed my um, chance. That's pretty fucking. <laughs> all right, that's pretty. Um, no, it's stamped in the fucking concrete then, isn't it? Well, <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, I, I still um, keep in... Co- obviously, the guys in Woewarden are all the same dudes, minus Chris. Yeah. Um, and I still keep in contact with Chris. We actually recorded the um, uh, Doom Cave release in December. Yep. Um, which hopefully coming out in the next couple of months. And, and, yeah. So is he an engineer or something as well, is he? Well, he's been slowly sort of putting together all the things to kind of record drums. And he's doing his own projects. He does... He's got, like, the Exidium stuff. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said it because I was about to <laughs> fucking ruin that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, I've seen that out and about. Yeah, uh, and yeah. he's doing some other stuff um, with his wife, um, Annette. Um, the, what is it? I Am All Wounds and, and like, 
lemon sook stuff and, and just all types of things. So What's he, he just does it all himself. Being a drummer himself, he obviously doesn't really be like, oh, Herb, come around, mate, come come record some shit for me. <laughs> yeah, no, he just smashes it out himself. He knows what he wants. He knows yep. how to achieve it. Um, but, yeah, it's great to have that for me to just be able to go and get some good quality drums for mm. a good price. And well, it's good as well that obviously you guys are still speaking rather than leaving on totally rotten terms or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, I think, like, I've always been a type of person that doesn't really hold grudges against people. and that's yep. like, Not that there was anything to hold a grudge against. Like, we played in a band together and then it, it you know, stopped. So stopped, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's good. At least you had something to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. So after Dead Space, um, we... Were you in a few bands while you playing in Dead Space, or was it just yeah? I was. I've always been in Eviscerous. Um, yep. They that we actually played a show, one of our probably like our fifth show or something. We played yep. with Dead Space, and that's where Chris approached me and said, "Oh, do you want to join this?" Because um, yep. old Ben Stanley, the st- old Sanzu drummer, was um, filling in for them. He was never going to be like a permanent member or something, but he was obviously a friend of Chris's and yep. just wanted to. Um, you know, Chris wanted to get the, the project going and play some shows and sort of find someone to f- go in full time. And yep. he obviously liked what he saw with me and, and, yeah, since then did that. But I've always had Eviscerous in the back. We've had problems with members, um, mainly like vocals and bass. Yep. Um, me and Christian have been in it from the start. We had uh, Matt, the old guitarist as well, but we kind of, like, they just used to clash a little bit. Like Yeah, I've heard a few stories behind the... <laughs> Behind the scenes about that. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was still friends with Matt as well. Still yep. still have the old jam with him here and there. and um, But, yeah, they just don't really work great together yep. in a band. So and I kind of like it as a four-piece as well. There's more space to sort of let bass come in with Jesse. And yeah, Jesse was saying more. the same thing. When we were having a chat one night, he said he, he much prefers it as a four-piece the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. It lets me do more because there's not as much guitars <laughs> going on. Get out of here. <laughs> nah, fair enough too. Um, but yeah, then um, a couple of years ago, Simon approached me at a, a little shindig sort of thing we had about maybe joining Wrath and yep. giving it a go. And initially, because he's the only original member, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he is. Because I've seen um, Wrath like a few times over the years, and it seemed like every time I go see him at a gig, they had a, a new bloke on stage. Yeah, yeah, they've been through a, a few here and there. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think we're pretty pretty happy with the little four we got now. It, it we work well. Everyone gets along. It works really well. You guys sounded great at that last gig. Oh. Now, what do you call it? Retrobite or fucking whatever it's called. Retrobite. I don't know. It's German or I don't know Dutch either. or sort. I don't know. But no, you. I mean, I was pretty drunk by that stage too, but you guys still sounded pretty fucking. <laughs> that good. always helps, doesn't it? Yeah, you get the old uh, ears feeling happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thanks. But no, no, it was it was really tight, and it's like it's good as well to see us all up on stage, and just getting into it because I mean I miss doing that. Yeah, and that's why I'm trying good to convince fun. old mate here to get a fucking drum kit. <laughs> but um, it's just good to go out and see a gig, and then also because I love Eviscerous, and now. That I'm listening to Wrath more, I'm loving Wrath. So it's good that you guys usually play together because, like, fucking two good bands in one night. Yeah, we don't mind. I don't mind doing the double and making it easy. And And then usually you guys have Bayview on there as well. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Sharing gigs. More bang for the buck. But, you know, at the same time, like, um, I would say to the guys, I don't want to play the same gig with the same four or five bands over and over again. It's good to mix it up, have some different sort of bands on the bill. Definitely. Yeah. And keep things sort of fresh and interesting. Um, but so yeah, you know. talking about fresh and interesting, how did you come about joining Nucleus? 
Um, <laughs> I just that. yeah, okay, yeah. Got the message from um, Max initially saying yep. that they didn't have a drummer and would I be interested at all? And initially, I was kind of oh, I don't know, man. Like I've, I've got a lot on my plate at the moment. Yeah, kind of busy. Um, but I'll give the songs a listen and see see how I go. And um, they sent me a, a e- the EP. Yep, forget what it's called, but I emotion. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> you could cut that in, in post, right? No. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, just I, I enjoyed playing the music. I yep. I like what they sort of do with it. It's something a bit different from the other bands as well. I'd, I wouldn't really want to play in two bands that are doing the same sort of thing. And that's that. Well, you're all over the place, aren't you? Because what yeah. Nucleus is, I suppose they call them metalcore. Yeah, but rather genty at the same time. A little bit of gent in there. You got as your well, Viking yep. metal. Yep. You've got. You know, that groovy metal that you're doing with Eviscerous. Yeah, Eviscerous is the hard one to put into a sort yeah. of a category. I just, I see it more as groove shop. metal because you're always fucking grooving yeah. out. Yeah, that's the thing. It, you gotta, it's got to feel good. That's kind of always been the rule. Just do whatever we want, but it's got to be fun and it's got to feel good. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the Doom Cave and, and Woe Warden's both kind of in the, the black metal realm. I haven't seen Woe Warden yet. Yeah, okay. But I'll have to come check these out one night. Yeah. I'm looking forward to um, actually while we're here. Next week, which by the time this releases will be tonight, Doom Cave's uh, debut show. Yes, come on down. Check us out. It'll be fun. Give us a quick spiel about it, mate. Where is it? What time? Uh, Lucy's Love Shack, Friday. Um, I don't tonight. Even know what time we're on. Yeah, tonight, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this, this will be released next Friday, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, by yeah, that gotcha. stage it'll be tonight. Yeah. I'm hoping to make it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be good to see I, I loved everything Aiden did when he was singing in Septillion. Yep. And so I might be wrong, but I just assumed that whatever material had, he had ready to go for Septillion ended up being what Doom Cave became. But I could be wrong. I just nah, that's what I assumed. Nah, he um he's had Doom Cave as a bit of a side project of his own sort of solo stuff. Yep. For a couple of years now, I think the first release was two thousand eighteen. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, and he's kind of just banged out albums. Like he can't can't keep himself. Not busy, you know. I really, like I really loved the um the first album. Yeah, I haven't heard much of the second album. Okay, but I loved what he did with the first album. I th- I personally think the sounds kind of matured more as the albums have progressed. We'll have to check um, out the next album a bit yeah. more. Yeah, the first one initially when I because I got all three full lengths um at once. Yep. And so initially the first one was like, oh, there's some chorus on there that kind of grabs me, but it kind of got a little bit more stale quicker. Yeah. Um, and the the newer stuff's got I think it's more to sort of delve into a bit more sort of um, better songwriting and, yep. and just a little more sort of density to it. So did you get to come in and rewrite your own drums or did you just play what he programmed? I kind of base everything what I'm doing because I don't want to come in and completely change the songs. It yep. doesn't make sense. He's, I, I think he's got a, a good level of sort of ear well, to know. He's also a drummer as well in. though, isn't he? Yeah. Because he plays playing drums in Wrath at one stage. Think, yeah, Flicky yeah. played a show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I remember I, I saw the gig and I was like, is that Aiden on the drum kit? I thought he's a fucking guitarist oh, and no, singer. Yeah. I didn't yep. realise he played drums. Yeah, yeah, he did bass for oh, a little yeah. while as well, so yep. he's all over the shop. But yeah, he's he's more sort of guitar orientated, yep. but he can play a bit of drums, which is nice because it means he knows sort of what to program in and, and what to sort of do to that's actually more realistic as yep. well. Like sometimes you get a guitarist program something I don't really have any examples, but it can often be just feel weird to play yep. and not like something, obviously every drummer has their own sort of go-tos, personalities and that type of thing. But sometimes it just feels 
like you know a drummer wouldn't write that yeah most of the time that's what i felt like because being solely guitarist when i wrote my album i programmed all the drums yeah and i listened to bits and it's like but what would a drummer do here mm. and because i was going to get um dan granger to play the drums on it yeah yeah yep. then i had a couple of family tragedies that set the whole thing pretty much went on the shelf i oh, know and um this year i've decided well this year it's now 2021 last year i decided i'm getting it back happening and then obviously with this world pandemic <laughs> fucking happened so that put it back on the shelf for yep. a bit but um no I'd, I'd be interested to see what a drum would do with it because yeah. i'm just thinking of it as a guitarist like, all right i play this riff in my head the drummer's fucking doing this yeah but then a drummer could turn around and go oh well why would you do this when i can fucking do this but then you can talk mm. to three different drummers and get three different exactly ideas that's you know? it mm. it's all a personal taste sort yeah. of thing and like i think that a good way um from a drummer's perspective when i get sort of songs sent to me um just l- like if you were to program something keep it simple leave lots of space to for the drummer to put their own sort of fills in there yep. and just it, it's good to have an idea what your sort of as a the guitarist was thinking when they sort of wrote it yep. um so it just gives a, a flow and a vibe about it but then you know a bit of freedom to add little bits and pieces here and yeah. there's always nice too if there's too much in it it starts to like once you've sort of listened to it a bunch of times it sinks in and it's hard to sort of be creative with it as well in a way but yeah. for the for the bands that put way too much in it shit just sounds confusing to me and yeah. i'll just turn it off yeah because there's too much happening you can't really enjoy the music yeah it should everyone, everyone's like fighting for well i'm better than you and i'm i'm a guitarist so i need to be up here and i'm doing this and the drummer could be like well fuck you i'm doing something yeah it's, it's just sh- too much going on should always be about the song and yeah yeah that goes back to the eviscerous thing why it's like it's nice with one guitar bass at drums now because yeah. we got a little bit more space to put a bit more in without it getting too messy but then that takes you back to like when i was doing um music in high school the dude who taught like the band part of it so the school i went to there's a i had a uh, one period a week you could get your mates together and you were in a band and you'd pay X amount of fees and all the equipment was there. Yeah, you'd okay. learn the basics of what you were doing. Yep, yep. And the bloke that taught that always said, as a drummer, um, like what you said earlier, you should be able to play with X amount of equipment, yep. which is a fairly basic amount of equipment. Yep, yep. Um, because you're playing for the song. You're not writing a song and then everyone's going to come in and join you. Yeah. Um, so you got to play for the music to complement each other, yep, not yep, just yep. to show off and... Be a wanker. So that's, Guitar wanker. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing I liked about, like, you know, when me and you used to play together. Yeah. It's funny because me and him started playing together when we were, like, I don't know, what, 16, 17. Uh-huh. Shit like that. I, Seven, yeah, well, 17. I'm well, older you, than you. You're older, but yeah. yeah. Um, and I know it's weird to say, like, we fucking clicked. <laughs> but we sort of did to the point where we could play something and... Other drummers I had, they're like, oh, what are you doing there? Hang on. And they take half hour to work something yep. out where yep. it's as yep. if I could play something. He knew where I was going with it yep. and he'd kick into that. But I also played really lazy. I, did, I didn't do anything too fancy. <laughs> no. Well, no, you were doing complicated shit, but you're looking bored doing it. So you're sort of like, like I've always said, he reminds me of um, John from System of a Down okay. mixed with David from Corn. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sort yeah. of sitting back like playing some good shit. But then... Grooving along. Grooving yeah. like that, but playing Joe Jordson-style fucking drums. Yeah, okay. So he's like, he's, 
doing all this, like, oh, yeah, drums. <laughs> like, yeah. I actually always wanted a drum throne with a little backrest on it <laughs> so I could just chill. So but you I, could get put up yeah. on, a, on a suspender and spin around. No, no, just, just those <laughs> no. little backrests, those little lumbar support bars, yeah. just so I could sit back a little bit more yeah, and just yeah, relax yeah. even more. I don't know. I find them That's uncomfortable. Hey, I've yeah. played on one before and it's just like, I like the little, little tidy seat. I had a big, huge one, but I'm a little yeah. guy, so I don't need a big fucking seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always wanted one of those. I reckon it'd be cool. Yeah. But half of that was because the, the, the drummer that um, I looked up to more was the drummer from Corn, Right. Because um, he's so relaxed and groovy behind the kit. Yeah. And he always had that little fucking back support. I'm like, man, <laughs> I want one of those. But then I'm like, I could be even more relaxed with one of those. If you so get a, probably a bad recliner thing. drum throw. Mm. Fucking, I get a lazy boy. And, yeah, that's it. Butcher a lazy boy up. <laughs> and you still play like Joe Jordan on a fucking recliner. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be comfy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, well. We'll wrap it up soon, but um, what's the writing process like in, is it similar in all the bands where you all come in, you jam, or is it mostly, like say for Eviscerous, for example, do you all write together, or does Chris come in with a riff, or does Jesse come in with a riff? Or They're all a bit different. Um, Eviscerous is the most, like, come in and jam and sort of see what happens, and it's a lot about, like, I've always wanted to keep it that way. Yep. It's all a lot about the feel, a lot about sort of what, what we sort of, happen on the day and what comes out and just kind of piece a song together it takes a little bit longer but i think the advantage is that every by the time the song's written like everyone knows the the song it's not like it's been written by one person or it's been kind of loosely put together and you have to kind of learn it and everyone knows all the ins and outs and it's drilled in and then when you go to play it it's like it's no big deal because it's it's just second nature at that point. At that point, you're just covering what you've done previously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it does take a little bit longer, but I quite enjoy that, especially for that sort of style as well, where we want to do kind of weird, quirky shit yep. every now and then, and just sort of, yeah, whatever. Um, with like Doom K is basically Aiden. Yeah. Um, he just sort of puts the stuff together, and like obviously we've only been a like a full band for like six months or something now. Yeah, because I saw a um he put up some post um. Yesterday, last week in today's time, yep. <laughs> um, and it talks about how the EP is going to release. It's some of its like rehashed songs yep. that you've rewritten drums to, or whatever else, and everyone yep. sort of exactly. And that's what with. I mean with, with the with the current stuff we're doing. He's like puts down the skeleton, yep, and then we kind of come in and and put our own flavor on it. Like Jacob will do some stuff on on guitar, and yep. And um, I'll just sort of fill in fills that, like, because you, you don't want to sit there and program everything. Um, you just want to get the, the bare basics down and, yep. and get a feel for things, like I was saying before. Um, same sort of thing with Wrath. Uh, there's a bit more jamming going on there. Like, often um, Simon and I will just come in and have a bit of a jam and pump something out. And yep. then I'll kind of lay down a quick demo um, send it off to him. He'll put the guitars over it, and then we send it off to the rest of the guys, and yep. we'll kind of learn it. Um, same thing with Aiden as well. He'll he'll kind of have some input there, and Jesse's uh, Jesse's put down some riffs before, and we've sort yep. of built songs around them. So that's quite a collaborative effort as well. Um, yeah, and, and the Woe Warden stuff. Yeah, it's all pre pre fucking done drums, is it? Yeah, or? I've only I've only recently joined, so I haven't had much of a chance to yep. um, have too much input there, but just. For, for now, it's just been learning what's there. Same with Woe Warden. Like, only had four jams or something and one So gig, you said so. Woe Warden's pretty much Dead Space, but different singer. Yeah. Well, John, who was playing keys for Dead Space for a while, is the singer. Yeah. Um, and then Dan, whose bass is now guitar, and Tommy is the bass, so they kind of swapped over. 
Okay, yeah. So last time I saw you guys, um, you still had is it Shelby? Oh, okay. Um, yep, yep, yep. Shelby was on base. So yeah. yeah, since then Dan filled in for I think from the Japan, the second Japan tour that I yep. went along with, um, and then we did Europe. I think we did a some stuff in Australia. I can't remember exactly, but yep. yeah, Shelby was there for a few years. Yep. Um, and yeah, we've, we've kind of swapped in and out around, and and we got uh, Rod in doing guitars for Woe Warden. Yep. Um. It, whereas Dead Space, we got uh, Tien's, who I forget his old band. Don't crucify me. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> My apologies. But yeah, we, we like we. I did like a, a Melbourne show and and the tour with him as well. Yep. So it's, yeah, That's you right. know, his he was fairly recent before we sort of split. Yep. Anything you want to ask him before we start to wrap it up? No, nah, I got all my nerd shit out at the start. All gear and stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. All um, <laughs> Mega so Music, by the way. That's that's yeah. the place to go to get your drum I've, stuff. I've been looking on there. That's probably the website I've been going to most and just yeah. cruising through. I just, I just find they're really helpful and, yeah. and Daz's. What happened to the drum shop when that was around on Charles Street? Yeah, because that's where I used to go. Um, yeah. It just, I think it got taken over by Cosmic. Um Whoa. And then, yeah, the like Cosmic's good as well. Like they have a lot of. Th- I think they've rebuilt their sort of stocks and 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 starting to get things going from what I've heard. But I haven't been there in a few years. I bought me um, Iron Cobra, double pedal hi hat, and a bunch of cymbals from uh, the drum shop. Yeah, got ripped off like a motherfucker. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I walk into Cosmic with our little mate Jay, and because um, he took me to Cosmic when he was coming down and that's where I met Damien who was running the drum department yep, yep, yep. of Cosmic and Cosmic was fucking massive back then Yeah, and he's like oh blah 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 what do you do what, do you, what gear they have you got they still the two stores back then too well the, no well this was I think this was even before Cannington opened okay. when I went there like I don't even think if Cannington had opened it only just opened because I remember going to Cannington with Jay at one stage to get strings oh okay so possibly but I never went to that one but so I went to the one in Aussie Park and the drum department was huge it was like two tier like kits all up top yep. for the show and then you had stuff down below and um that's when damien's like well this is the price i would have given you if you had to come here i'm like fuck <laughs> and then uh we went a few months ago six months ago to cosmic all, in, all in the weeks molding together for me yeah, mate. So i often say yesterday and i could be talking about six months ago <laughs> no, no that feeling within <laughs> the last year we go to cosmic um and it's fucking i don't even reckon it's half the size of what it used to be yeah and right. the drums were like upstairs in this little nook and nothing was sorted out there's just like shit everywhere yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was like when we went to um music, music park yeah. i got depressed walking in a music park yep they used to be my go-to store especially playing esp guitars yep and my mate tom oh, i don't know if you're um oh, you're probably too young to know tom he used to play in empire's laid waste and darkinium he was a bass player yeah no i've never met him um he was the guy to go do that. I got all my guitars through. Yep. And the store was good when it was in Vic Park there. And then on when it's Hall, moved, yeah. yeah on it, and then it's moved. And when me and Gene went in there, I I literally like walked in and felt fucking depressed. Did you go like, to the one as if it's a storeroom? You walk in some rooms, just boxes, and oh, yeah. I ran a bit of equipment one. over here, and it's like you walk I don't out know the if back. they just moved or we got it there at the wrong time. But yeah, you walk out depressing. the back around the corner and through a kitchen, and that's where the drum gear is. Oh, and really? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just a storeroom because I'm mm. I'm confident that I saw a big fucking roll. And I'm like, man, yeah. what, what's going on? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they just haven't prioritized any. They haven't got a location that's big enough to fit all their well, shit. Well, maybe maybe we rocked up at the wrong time. We rocked up as they just moved. I don't uh, know because I went it, out. It there. wasn't the same sort of store it used to be, which when is I, sad. But yeah, you when know, I was looking for buying and shit these days, when I was looking for sticks and a practice pad. I ended up going to Midland Music Mart. Yeah. Of all places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because well, I went down here and it was still the same. Yeah. It was still just shit everywhere, dusty kits. 
Like, it's fucking sad yeah. too, because the internet buying shits just ruined so many businesses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just used to be brilliant to go to, mm. like brilliant store. Yeah, and the drum it shop. Was. Drum shop just had a lot of shit. Drum shop was great. That was always my go-to. Yeah. Um, I actually, when I was on my learner's permit, used to take a weekly trip there uh, with my mum to rack up hours and yeah. and that, and just check out the symbols. And half the time, I'd end up leaving with something and get <laughs> yeah. spoiled and whatever. But um, yeah, yeah. Like it just kind of. I think that's the thing. Everything crumbles eventually, doesn't it? And yeah. You got to go to what's gonna do you the best. It just sucks for local people because it's really hard to find a dedicated store that actually stocks a lot of gear now. Yeah. There was a, for for drummers there were two. There was the drum shop in the Cosmic Sound, and both of them, like, just folded something fierce. Yeah, you know it sucks. Oh. Lucky we got Mega. <laughs> yeah, but they, they haven't been around that long, though, have they? Not a hundred percent sure, but uh, Mega yeah. Music. No, they've been around for a while. Not in WA. I don't know. think they've been around. No, at least a few years, easy. Yeah, but that's not all right. Uh, saying, oh, it's <laughs> not a decade. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. All right, so cool. wrapping it up, you've got a uh, an EP coming from Wrath Fenra. Yes. A Viscerous album when it happens. Yes. And merch. That's been in the, that's, yes, merch. That's been merch. in the works I'm for a long time. So it's, it's close. It's coming. Um, <laughs> anything happening with Woe Warden in the way of uh, albums or anything? Um, No, no, no. I think the full length came out not too long ago. So probably yep. just might... Um, Fire up another couple gigs here and there yep. if some stuff comes up, but we're not looking to push too much at the moment, I don't think. I know you, from what I hear in the background, there may be some new nuclear single coming soon. Yes, I yep. think we like to keep sort of reasonably active and keep people sort of <laughs> interested. Then, yeah, so who have I forgotten then? Doom Cave. Doom Cave, which yep. there's an EP coming from yep, Doom Cave. There's an EP, too. yeah. Uh, three of the tracks are rehashed ones with actual, yep. uh, all of us actually playing on it, and one new single, which we're launching, I believe, in April at Badlands. Right, I'm not cool. sure of the date's booked yet, but that should be a fun one. All right. Any other gigs coming up that people should check out? Obviously, tonight, Heads of Lucy's for uh, to see Doom Cave's yes. debut. First show. show. Only one ever. Go <laughs> check it out. It's sure to go off. Yeah. Any other gigs coming up we that you have can tell us about? March 12th, I believe, um, with Depravity. That yep. should be a sick show as well at Amps. Um, and I don't think there's a much else booked from there, but um, we're, we're having a chat with the Eviscerous boys the other night, and we're probably going to start gigging again in the next couple months. Yep. So, yeah, things will, things will be up on all the social medias when we when we book things. And, yep. yeah, pretty easy to find out when to come along. Sweet. All right, I'll leave the link to... All his 20 million bands down <laughs> in the description below. You go check them out. Yeah. Show them some love. I haven't seen Woe Warden yet, but if it's going off his other bands, I'm sure they're all great because I like everything. I'm not Thank just you. saying that like, oh, I love all your <laughs> bands, mate, but I honestly fucking do. Um, so, yeah, go check them out. Show the boys some love. And thank you very much for coming out to talk some shit with us Thanks today, Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was my pleasure. No worries. Cheers. Groovy. Cool. We'll see you in the next one. Catches. <laughs>